Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the LA Rams UK podcast. I'm Chris, uh, I'll be hosting this week's pod. Unfortunately, Aaron can't join us, um, but we are here and ready to go. So, our Rams are 3-2 and two after a close affair, obviously with the Seahawks last Thursday. Uh, to dissect that game, discuss this week's upcoming game with the 49ers, go through any news around the team, the NFL, and also answer your questions. I have tonight with me Tony. Good evening. How are you? Very well, yourself? Very good, very good. And Jordan, how are you, mate? All right, not bad. So, fellas, we might as well go straight into Thursday night prime time. Did you watch the game live? Obviously, with it kicking off at silly o'clock for ourselves. I did. I got a, went to bed a bit early, got up about ten past one or something, and then watched it right through, um, unfortunately. <laughs> Tony? I didn't, no. I, I got up at 5am after the game had finished, avoided the scores, walked the dogs, had my breakfast and watched the game as a 40-minute highlight run. Okay. Um, it, it, it was pretty good, actually. You know, it, was, it, was, it was tense. You got all the highlights. You got the atmosphere. It was... Um, I saved myself a hell of a lot of time doing that as well. <laughs> um, I'm the same as you. I, I, well, as... Jordan was getting up. I was getting in. Yes. So I was at a black tie event where I got home at ten past one, and I tell you what, it was really hard not to turn the TV on <laughs> because I would have been a serious mess if I had turned that TV on and and watched it. But no, I waited until Sky had put the highlights out at I think it was about three o'clock, which by that time I was compassmentous, so I could watch something and not feel like I needed to go and be somewhere else shall we say mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, but no obviously I'd, we, we've all seen different sort of probably sides of it what, what were your thoughts and then Jordan for watching it all the way through um, I'd, like Tony says it was was tense and, and what not I don't think MD had a particularly big lead at any point um, but I was strangely positive overall after it even after getting getting beat weird feeling um, that wasn't it yeah it was just I mean when you look back at Todd Gurley's stats for example it's not particularly impressive 50 yards 15 carries but it felt it felt so much better than that for some reason mm. um, Goff was I mean he still missed a couple of throws I don't know what they showed you in the highlights but there was one I think it was the third quarter where we're backed up in our own end zone practically and he missed Robert Woods um, on a slant Woods could probably still have been running to be honest but <laughs> I mean so I mean he wasn't back to his absolute best but he had a pretty good game um, interception wasn't on him that's on, that was on Gerald Everett who ironically had a really good game as well probably the best game of his career yeah um, 136 yards he had so no um, it's a tough loss you never like getting beat off the Seahawks at that there, I know the 49ers will come on is the historic um, rivalry, but I don't like the Seahawks out no. of the most out of every team. I think that's the more recent rivalry. Um, Definitely, it's the one. It's the one I look out for straight away with when we're going to be doing it, and the one that you don't like to play against. It's we've all got obviously we've all got allegiances to other sports teams, and you always look out for those rivalry games, don't you? Yeah. Um, when you when you mentioned about golf, he was five five yards off four hundred again, and it there's progress there's progression, but it just doesn't seem to be that next kick, and and that's just how I how I see it. I don't know what about you, Tony. I I think it's possibly the best game we've played performance wise this season, um, despite the loss. You know, it it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a defeat to be honest. You know, I mean, the the three wins to start the season were, were great as wins, but they were not good performances. And I think I think the team performed well last Thursday, despite the loss, despite the results. 
Yeah, I think you're probably right there. It, it did feel like the, it was probably the best performance all on all sides of the ball, I think. I think one has been covering the other, hasn't there, for the, the last yeah. few weeks. But yeah. they all I mean, seem to come to the fold, I suppose. Well, the, the one thing I do regret from our podcast last week was predicting that the special teams would come up with something special. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to refrain from making any such predictions like that in the future. <laughs> we will get on to that in a little while. Um, but I think just going back on what you said as well, Jordan, about, about Gurley, it didn't, when you actually look at the stats and so on, it didn't look like a great game. Still with two touchdowns on the board, though, and it felt like he did a lot more. Do, do you think he's having a bit more of an impact now? And maybe that monkey on his back or, or the the hearsay of the, of the injury sort of disappearing? Well, I think... When you look at with only fifteen rushes, the full full game, fifteen were him. One was Brandon Cooks and one was Jared Goff. Um, he must have been on a scramble. I can't really remember that, but I mean, he said fifteen out of the sixteen carries by a running back. So whether he's said something to McVeigh or or whether they now feel confident in him health-wise, to I mean, it's still nowhere near the workload that he's had overall, but. The passing game is working, so so why not use it? Um, but I do think because they used Godley early, they, I mean, felt like he was getting used in the first quarter a lot more than we've seen so far this year. That's part of the reason why Goff's got nearly 400 yards, because the running game opens up so much, um, opens up the passing game, opens up the play action. So I think it just goes to show what what can happen when you've got the the healthy Todd Gurley, if, if that is him coming back. Well, that's it. And as as you say, Malcolm Brown, which has potentially been getting more carries, he had one for three yards, which is probably could have even flipped that in one of the games earlier on in the season. One of you guys mentioned Everett earlier, obviously in relation to the interception. He does seem to be getting a few more targets, though, doesn't he? Yeah, well, 11 targets, seven receptions. Um, but it's probably more than doubled his his uh, total through the the previous four weeks. <laughs> the most um, yards, the most yards in receiving throughout the whole team last week. Yeah, it's something that people have been crying out for ages for the the tight ends to get more involved. When McVeigh was in Washington, he had Jordan Reed, who was probably about their top receiver, just mm. about. Um, not really seen this sort of same usage um, from our tight ends and when he was drafted I was thinking it was McVeigh's first draft pick was, was Gerald Everett and that was the instant comparison was Jordan Reed and maybe we're going to start to see that now I mean I agree with Jordan You know, I think the thing that people have been waiting for is for McVeigh to start using the tight ends like he did in, in Washington and I think he's just been waiting for the right fit for, to start playing that game. I think it was a trust thing. thing. Could he trust them? Do you think he's had to see it before he could actually do it? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, th- I think we've had a good receiving core for a couple of seasons now. But yeah, I mean, it, it brings an extra dimension to the whole play, doesn't it? it gives you massive options. Well, people say we've probably got one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, but that goes from three to five when you've got Everett and obviously then Higby obviously can pick the ball as well. So, again, Gurley can obviously then take it, maybe not as, as successful as some of the others, obviously, but, yeah, the the strings to the bow is huge, isn't it, when you've, you've obviously got that on that option. But the other there was one other point I was going to try and put to you guys, and I don't know what people's thoughts are so that's why I wanted to ask it is Cooper Cup is Goff's guy do you think there is a a do you think there really is a one two three in the receivers for the Rams or do you think it's just whoever he gets comfortable with on that day because for me I see Cup as number one at the present moment just with the amount of car- with the amount of receptions he gets um, I'm not sure I think it's looking to be that way through the first five weeks I mean Cup had, but I don't know according to ESPN he had 17 targets which is about a, what, about a third of the overall um, which was pretty high 
for a bat which is supposed to be quite balanced passing game um, but I mean it can change from week to week I mean Brandon Cook's obviously been out with uh, concussion at one point he was the top receiver yards wise I think the previous week against uh, sorry the week before against the Browns I think Woods has probably been top receiver one of the weeks so I think comfort wise Cup's number one but I don't think he's necessarily number one. You know, McVeigh's not saying Cooper Cup's your first read. That's who you should be passing the ball to. I just think it's a comfort thing with golf. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might, might kind of evolve into Cooper Cup being the leading receiver overall when it, you know, after 16 games yards wise, it probably will be Cup looking at it. But I don't think it's by design. I think it is just a kind of comfort thing. Mm. Yeah. It, it feels as though. It feels as though there's a rotation going on, and we ha- we had Robert Woods coming out a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Saying that it was a team effort, and he didn't mind doing the hard work of the blocking down the field. And I think we saw that in a couple of plays. He was, he was only targeted twice. I think it was the Tampa game once. He was targeted twice, but he was down the field blocking um, for Cooper Cup. And it, it feels as though Goff and McVeigh are rotating between Woods, Cooks, and Cup. But it doesn't seem to be a rotation thing. It just seems to be whoever's in the zone that game gets the targets. And it's great to have three players that you can trust like that playing slightly different games, obviously. Um, but it, it, it does feel as though we have a complete receiver set, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's exactly right what you said, that they all have their own roles, don't they? To the fact that Cup will be that man that more often than not sits on the sort of first down, maybe 10 yards within that line. Cooks is the one that's potentially going further down the stretch and then Woods is the one that's actually then doing the blocking. You don't really see the change of that, but then Woods can obviously catch his own pass and and actually then take yards after the tackle as well because he may be a little bit stronger than the other two, which is obviously why he's doing the blocking. So, yeah, I think it, again it's opening up, isn't it, what we can obviously do. And uh, what I quite like from, from what we're talking about here and what you're reading about everywhere is that, yes, we've gone three and two, we've lost to the Seahawks, but actually there's not that much talk about us, the actual defeat. There's the talk about what's good, what's working, what's now changed. And there does seem to be a different feel to this than there did after the previous defeat. Yeah, I think the Tampa Bay game was was a shock it was an enjoyable game to watch but obviously we came out of the wrong side of it <laughs> it's harder, harder to stomach as a defeat to Seattle but it was on the road but I, I think the performance was pleasing and I think we've needed to get a performance under our belt whether it was a, a loss or a win I think we tweeted it out the, that morning or pretty much live that it didn't feel like a defeat because there were so many positives we could take from the game. What about yourself, Jordan? What do you think? No, pretty much like Tony said. It was... I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that can still be worked on, but the offence was the biggest concern after the five weeks, or sorry, the four weeks previous, and it felt like they were clicking. There's obviously defensively... I mean, it wasn't... Wasn't that a terrible night defensively? Um, there was a couple of plays which you're just not going to stop. Like the thing, it was the first touchdown um, in the corner that that Wilson threw. You're just not going to stop that. Um, pretty impossible. That there was, was just the ridiculous. one. Yeah, there was the one breakdown. I think Weddle's taking the blame for it. And first few, it looked like it was Mar- Marcus Peters. They just completely lost Metcalf on the long touchdown. But I think Weddle's taking the blame for that. It looked like he was going for a different play from from what I sort of took from it. It looked like he was trying to pick something else and just missed him, effectively. You never know when you're watching it because it's, if it's a zone coverage, then Peters isn't going to be in that that particular zone that the touchdown ends up in so it's impossible to know unless you know what the actual play call is but mm. I think it's probably the least amount of times Wilson's been sacked since that I can remember playing the Rams anyway it's, mm. I always feel like Rams get at least four sacks or something on Wilson but there were so many near misses 
probably could have been sacked about six or seven times. But yeah, I think it was that one. It was think, hands on him, but he just got out of it. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you turn a few more of them into sacks, it's probably the scoreline's a little bit different. Um, obviously, the the miss kick at the end and uh, Gurley fumbled as well, and I think that was in Seahawks territory. So you know, that's probably at least another field goal. So it's it was near misses. Um, that's why I think it's a people are a bit more positive this week than they were. Or certainly yeah. I was. I know I wasn't on the pod, but after the Tampa Bay game, I was pretty. <laughs> I was pretty um, negative overall. I would say. Just some, some people may have commented on that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's not. I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not still 100 percent happy. Obviously, there's things to work on, but there is there's a brighter. I can see a brighter season forward than after the the Tampa game for sure. Yeah, agree, agree. Now we're not one of those teams in the NFL to, to moan about officiating. We're not based in the NFC South, but there was an interesting non-flag or a flag um, during the game on on Clay Matthews. What, what was your thoughts on that, Tony? From what you saw on the highlights. Well, there's been lots of memes going around, hasn't there, about um, Clay Matthews gets to the quarter pack and automatically um, there's a flag on the field. I've not looked at the stats to see how true that may be, but it does it does feel as though... You know, I mean, Matthews has been fantastic for us as soon as he came in, hasn't he? You know, he's got yeah. six sacks already this season for us. Um, He's broken his jaw. He's going to be out for a month. Do we know actually what when he actually broke his jaw and how long he carried on for with it? Ah, he's it, that double hard. That is probably the first quarter. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't recall. I, I don't recall. Jordan, do you remember when he was when the injury happened? No, I don't even. I can't even remember them mentioning it because usually, obviously, they're quite quick at mentioning. You know, there's always an injury report, and it's like they're doubtful or whatever to come back into the game. But I don't, I don't actually remember it at all. No, but um, it's, it's going to be a massive loss. But I mean, you know, the, the, these flags happen, don't they? You know, you you've got to take it. We're not going to. Well, obviously, we do have the video replays for all all the players and everything. But um, you take it with a rough, with a smooth, and you move on. We're not going to take legal action, are we? Uh, not this game. <laughs> Maybe if it was a championship game. <laughs> Do you see Matthews now being out for a month, Jordan, as a big loss then? Um, potentially. Um, I mean, a lot of his sacks have come because Aaron Donald's been eating up double teams and triple teams. So <laughs> yeah. it's going to be up to it's probably going to be Samson Abercam that comes in to replace um, Matthews well, John so, occasion last, last season he did well he did I mean the, the Chiefs game he, you know some of his plays essentially won the game mm. um, that Chiefs Chiefs game the shootout so um, I mean he's got the potential he just seems very inconsistent and still pretty raw to be honest but you're essentially asking them to either beat no block because they're all on Donald or beat one guy to get to the quarterback so you have to think that at least some of the sacks are going to be replaceable but obviously a lot of experience comes with Clay Matthews as well it's not just the the overall play Yeah Tony do you think uh, Mr Ubercam can step up do you think it's the right replacement do you think he'll do the job next man up it's always next man up, isn't yeah. it? But um, we've, we've got to be able to And in the NFL, that's when that's when chances are taken, I suppose, as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's got an opportunity now. You know, in theory, you know, after this next home game, we've we've got not to look too far ahead, but we've got the Falcons and the Ravens, um, Falcons and the Bengals up, um, who between them have got what is it? Three wins between the pair of them. I think, it's one. <laughs> I think it is one, isn't it? Well, Bengals have got none, I know that. Okay. Um, Atlanta, one and four. Yeah, so one win no. between them. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't think we're moving straight on to the 49ers just yet, but, you know, if and when we get past this game this Sunday, hopefully we, we've got we've got two 
easier games, in inverted commas, plus a bye week. After that, we'll be looking at Clay Matthews being back in the house. The bye week always worries me for the Rams, and I don't know what it is. And I don't know if it's because they, they are obviously over here or, or whatever else, but we always seem to be quite sluggish for a couple of games after the bye week. I don't know what what if any of you guys feel the same thing, really. But I don't know, the bye week always just seems to trip us up, but... Maybe that's been because we've been on a the run that we were potentially last season. We didn't want that by week. I don't know. It's maybe the bye uh, week might actually help us. I don't know. I did look at it, and last year it was the Lions game, which took forever for the Rams to win. Um, I think it, it was like the fourth quarter, and I think Aaron Donald got a, a sack fumble that kind of changed the game. But the year before that was the beat the Cardinals in London the bye week and then they went back to New York and they won like 52-7 against the Giants or something like that so, so I'm talking rubbish basically is what you say. well potentially yeah <laughs> um, but after the bye week it, it was looking like it would be an extremely tough game but it is the Steelers as well who I think are down to their third quarterback this week potentially so you know Big Ben's out for the season so mm. it's all change over there so Again, don't really look too far ahead. It's what five weeks away, four weeks away, something like that. But um, I think your bye week woes might be might be solved. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. One final, quite large and poignant point uh, to look at the Seahawks game, Mister Zerline. Now, it was a kick that we all kind of expected him to make at the end of the game. Is that the problem? Are we now too complacent and too reliant to the fact that we think he's going to hit it from everywhere? Tony? I, th- I think we maybe have got a bit complacent. We, you, you don't know how good a thing you've got until it, until it fails. Mm. And I, I think Greg has been so consistent for us for so long. I mean... Was it last season or the season before? He was on for um, being the record point scorer for the season in the season across the leagues, and then he got injured for the last two or three games, didn't he? Um, but he's been, he's been, you know, he's, he's been like a metronome. You know, he's, he, he can be relied upon to put those those extra points away and those long field goals. I mean, even this season, he's hit what was it a fifty-six yard? Was his longest already? Mm-hmm. And the one on Thursday was yeah. 40, 44, 46. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I, I don't think we're gonna we can hang the defeat solely on him. I'm going to take some of the blame for predicting a special teams <laughs> special play, but um, we're, we're going to suck it up and move it on. Yeah, definitely, Jordan. Anything to add? Not particularly. No, I mean, he made a 48 yarder earlier in the game, so it wasn't like he was having a particularly bad game. It was just one of those things. Um, the ball didn't move in there, which is quite weird for his kicks. It was extremely straight. Whenever you see his kicks, I mean, the one in the championship game, the first one to tie the game to take it to overtime, started outside the post and then... It's kinda, normally about six foot outside the post and sort of fades it in, doesn't he? Yeah, So, but that the one that he missed there on Thursday was just a dead straight. So I don't know if maybe he was trying to take into account some wind that never, never took the ball or died down or something, but... No, one of those things. You'll, you'll move on. You, when you see some of the the issues around the league, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna cut them or anything. I think I saw people say you're not gonna do that when people are on either you know third kickers of the season already in some places. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we will put that one to bed. Um, we move on as we say. So. Looking forward, uh, this week we have the San Francisco 49ers. Now then, they're a bit of a turn-up for the books this season, aren't they? Are we, are we seeing a resurgence, shall we say, of them? Are they, are they the real deal, Jordan? What do you think? Still not completely sold on them. Their win on Monday night was their most impressive one of the season by far um, I think they've, they 
previously beaten. I mean, they beat the Buccaneers in week one. I think Jameis Winston threw them two touchdowns, um, two pick sixes. They beat the Bengals, who have just looked. I mean, the Cardinals beat the Bengals at the weekend there, so that shows what they are. Um, and then they beat the Steelers without Big Ben, so. I'm not completely sold on them yet, but they're, they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Um, defensively, I think they're their strongest points. Um, I mean, Baker Mayfield only passed for about 100 yards on, on uh, Monday night, which is extremely low. I mean, Matt Breda went over 100 yards, 114 yards and 11 carries, but one of them was an 83-yard touchdown. So, when you take that away, it's not that impressive. It's... They're a lot better than I thought they'd be, to be honest. But I think Sunday's the big marker for them. As for both teams, I don't think the Rams can afford to go on two in the division after two games. And no, I, I think agree this with that. Forty Niners. This will be the 49ers first big test of the season. Okay, cool. And and you mentioned there, Matt Brady. Obviously, there was that that big run in there, but he 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 seemed to be an option, didn't he? And and obviously. Give Jimmy G obviously that that something else to aim at, which which wasn't George Kittle, which just seemed to be his other his his other target, shall we say? And Tony, what what's your thoughts on him from what you've seen so far? I know you reluctantly sometimes don't like to look at other teams; you rather just look what we're doing. But have you seen much of them? <laughs> I haven't, to be honest. I don't think I've. Watched, I mean, I was I was going to try and watch some highlights today, but I've been a little bit busy at the uh, the dual desk. But I'm I'm just looking at the who they've beaten. You know, the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns. Um, I was just trying to look up their collective records, but they're probably beating the four worst teams in the in the league. You can only beat the teams that are in front of you, obviously. But yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sold on the 49ers. I'm pleased that the game is actually at our house um, rather than at theirs. Um, I'm, oh, crikey, I was going to say confident, but I'm not. I'm not confident, but I'm. I'm cautiously, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I'm not sure we need your predictions much anymore. <laughs> nope, I am cautiously optimistic, and that's about as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> but, uh, I would just love to, I'd love them to fall flat on their faces. You know? I hate the Niners. That was said with some real meaning, wasn't it? <laughs> that, that, that was that was a full stop. That was a period. That was I hate the Niners. I mean, they are the team we have played most in the league. Yeah. By by a long chalk, we've played them 138 times. Wow. Um, the next is 93 with the Packers. Really. Yeah, we're on the wrong side of the the record. We've we've won sixty seven and lost sixty eight and tied three, but forty nine ers are by far and away our biggest rivals. That's probably that period in the nineties where they never beat them. Like the last several years in LA, that was the the greatest show on turf team. Was the first time to beat them in like close yeah. to twenty games or something. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true, and it hurts, and it hurts, and I hope it hurts as much when we beat them. Well, yeah, the, the, looking at the last three games, they've, they've all been quite high-scoring games to the fact that last year we put 39 points and 48 points past them. Um, so, yeah, it could be quite an interesting interesting matchup with, with, obviously, like you say, and when you actually look at the stats, you, you, you kind of think it was... Where it goes, so if you look at the the offences, we are fifth, they are fourth. The defence, they've got second best defence statistically at the moment in the NFL. Against with, the four worst teams in the league. Yeah, with, with number one as rushing, which potentially that touchdown at the weekend may have impacted on that. Um, that does us down, us down as, at 22nd, but we'll, we'll brush over that. Um it, it seemed also last week that, that do they have kicking issues? There was some, seriously, from what you people say, uh, easy kicks missed last week. So that that's something else that they've potentially got to work on and, and sort, I suppose. I didn't, did you see that? I, I didn't see any of the, the game, but I know 
Gould was one of four field goals. Not entirely sure where the misses were from, but he's, he's long. The one that he made was 44 yards. But, um, no, I mean, like I, I kind of touched on when we were talking about uh, Greg Gulleg, it's, you know, he's, you look at the, the kicking issues around the league and it's, it's an epidemic for some reason. I don't know what's going on overall, but um, just looking at his stats here, so he missed one from between 30 and 39, missed one from between 40 and 49, and one from 50 plus. Um, you can usually chalk off the ones from 50 plus, but um, he has missed a few this season. He's missed a couple from between 30 and 39 yards. Um I mean, I think they franchise tagged him as well in the season, yeah. so he's getting paid a he's getting paid a, a bit a good bit of money for a kicker, but seven or twelve on the season he is. So maybe we want to watch out for on Sunday, but you're hoping he doesn't come down to miss field goals by the other the other team. To be honest, you're hoping the Rams oh. put them away relatively quick. So Tony, you are optimistic, cautiously optimistic, cautiously optimistic. Um. Jordan, are you in the same bracket? Yeah. Um, they're going to need to stop their, their defensive line. Um, Nick Bosa, who's the, the, the number two overall pick uh, this year, he seems to have started off pretty well. Two sacks on, on Baker Mayfield on uh, on Monday. They've got another couple of good players. DeForest Buckner's another one. Um, on the, the defensive line so we're going to need to stop them the offensive line did look a little bit better on Thursday again so if that continues over and you can keep that defensive line quieter I think I think you know based on the previous matchups they're going to you know the Rams will be able to, to tear them apart um, but it's I'm hoping that it was a, a turn of the corner Thursday offensively anyway. Um, if it is, then I think that the Rams will win. I don't think... I mean, if you stop, can stop their run as much as possible, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to beat you passing. And mm. um, There's nothing really to prove that yet, I don't think. I mean... In that win against Cleveland, did 275 rushing yards. Um, that's that's where the bulk of their offense came from. They had a couple of short fields. There was a um, punt return fumble. There was a interception on the San Francisco uh, goal line that they took back to about half fields. Uh, sorry, halfway. So, I mean, there's. I think there's a lot going for the Rams in this one, and I, I, I'm, I'm a lot more confident this week than I have been the last last couple of weeks. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like you say he's got much. Well, from what we understand, he doesn't really seem to have much of the targets, does he? Rather than the running game or Kittle, the, no one else really seems to be standing out. Um, we, we've we've all kind of said that this one is a bit of a make or break for our season, which didn't think it would come like that soon. I say we won't want to go. Uh, Norton 2 in the division do you see the division this year are, are we worried about the division are we, do we see it now being a bigger fight than we thought it was going to be Jordan? I think the Seahawks were always going to be you know, a team that kind of just sticks around they've, they've always been like that I don't think they've really had any, many particularly bad bad years under Pete Carroll even last year people thought they were going to rebuild and they still made the playoffs their schedule isn't isn't particularly difficult um, going forward. They've got, I mean, even they've got the Ravens, who I know we play later on in the season, who I'm not completely sold on either. Uh, they've beaten some really bad teams. They've beaten the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Um, they've got the Eagles on the road. It's probably the, the Seahawks' toughest game left, other than the Rams on the road. Uh, they play the Vikings, but I mean, other than that, they don't play many teams. So that's you know, I think that's the main competitors. Whereas the the 49ers kind of second half of the season is a lot more difficult than the first half. They've got the Packers, Ravens, Saints, um, and they've got to play the Seahawks twice as well. So 
after this game, I think we'll see a bit of a downturn for the, the 49ers if, if the Rams beat them. Uh-huh. Whereas I think the, the Seahawks will will be the team to not necessarily catch. I mean, they're only one, what, one game ahead, essentially. And we've got to play them at, at, at the Coliseum. But I think they're, they're going to be the team that's going to threaten the three in a row in the NFC West the most. Mm-hmm. Okay, so time to put your 10p into the ring. You, this is where you are now allowed to make a prediction, Tony, that this Thank is you. a proper one now. You're not none of your silly ones. <laughs> so, mental arithmetic time. What do you think the score will be? I'm going to go for 35-10. That's my cautiously optimistic prediction <laughs> is we're going to stomp the Niners 35-10. Jordan? Um, I'll go 33-17 rounds. Okay. Well, I had already put my prediction down before you two both spoke. I was going 27-10. So, we're all expecting a close to our 30-point average score from, from last year and then holding them at least down to one or two touchdowns. Interesting, interesting. And it's interesting that we, before the season started, all six of our predictors had us down for a win in okay. this coming game. Good. There's confidence for you. Confidence like that. I do like that indeed. Okay. So, we normally start chatting about any sort of news that we've got in relation to the Rams and then, and then even just dipping around the NFL and and what have we read in relation to Rams? Do we have we heard anything in relation to people practicing and, and other people coming back into the fold? Jordan, have you seen anything yet? Not really had much. Just with the the long week, they don't really need to report anything. It's usually today that you start uh, hearing stuff. But I've not not seen anything pop up just yet. Um, so obviously Matthews will be out. Um, Cooks haven't heard too much on him. Do we expect uh, Ram to be back? Rap seemed fine from what I heard, but obviously didn't didn't play Thursday, so I'd expect him to be back. Not sure on Cooks, he's had a few concussions, which is always a worry. Um, obviously the longer the longer layoff, the week and a bit wait the layoff um, helps, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Should hear in the next day or two. He does seem to have one of them heads that just seems to get it, doesn't he? It does look like sometimes that his helmet seems too big for his head. Um, I don't know if you heard the story. I think it was. I don't know if it was in the game. I can't remember if it was against definitely the season that Cup picked up Cooks' hat, and he was playing. He played. I'm sure, I'm sure Cup scored a, a touchdown in Cooks' helmet and his mouthpiece as well. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm not sure if that's allowed. <laughs> due to uh, regulations or not but it seems to work <laughs> I know they're only allowed that's a big part of uh, I'm sure it's to do with like why they can't change the helmet too much when it's the throwbacks I'm sure they're only allowed one to wear one per season um, due to the kind of fitting of it mm. but I'm guessing if one gets mixed up it's not too big an issue because remember it was was it in the Superdome was it the I don't know if it was a championship game or just a regular season game where Goff was wearing Sean Mannion's helmet for a bit because his microphone wasn't working or his the, headset. Uh, um, so it's obviously not too big an issue, but um, yeah, I read that one. So I, I don't know. Brandon Cooks does seem to put his head in an awful lot, but mm. that one on Thursday was obviously, I think it was the ground that caused it, um, which is which is obviously a bit of a problem. There's not much you can do to stop that. It was a good catch as well, um, mm. but but he's obviously had it off the ground, so we'll see. We're, hopefully he'll be back. Obviously, we've got Josh Reynolds to step up or more use of the tight ends, as we've seen, so should be able to cope without him, but you'd rather have him there. Tony, have you read anything? Seen anything? No, there's no injury report yet this for this week. Um, obviously, the, the big miss will be Clay Matthews, um, but I'm, I've not read anything else really about the team yet this week. Um, 
I, 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 th- I think we're going to be okay. I think it'll be the usual. Our elder statesman like Andrew Whitworth will will miss a couple of practice days as per usual. Um, Gailey will probably have a a partial practice day of at least one, and I, I, th- I think we look pretty good apart from Clay Matthews. Mm. I think I've read was it his last game or I think it's this game which is Whitworth's two hundred start is it? Is that right? God, it is yeah. Which is a pretty. Can't be many of them out there, surely. No, I mean, there was there was a video clip doing the rounds on Twitter, wasn't there, of where um, Andrew Whitworth ran behind the line and started clearing out blockers for a massive run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was it for Woods or was it for Cup? I can't remember now. Uh, but he, he just sort of ran towards one <laughs> of the the, the Seattle um, defensive players. Who seemed to be backing off him and worried about getting <laughs> be, getting hit by Whitworth, the man Mountain, it's and the mountain then out of Game of he, he hit him and then handed off a second player and went back for seconds as well. <laughs> awesome, loves it. Loves it. He, and as you say, he is he is the one of the, the main in that offensive line. Of course, he has maybe picked up a few more penalties this year than he than he has done before potentially, but he's always going to be that. Um, sort of old head is need to hopefully calm things down. I, th- I think we was lucky to get him in the free agency, and I think he's I think he's been one of the turning points for this team. Yeah, just been there and done it, and this is how it needs to be done, I suppose. Anything else you've read in relation to the NFL? There's, there's, we've we've maybe obviously had our first head coach removal. I think that's interesting, isn't it? That the NFL have got rid of a coach before the Premier League have. <laughs> how, how often does that happen? Definitely, definitely. But uh, there was the secondary rumour that Jay Gruden might pop up on the coaching staff of the Rams as well in the near future. Really? Uh, I, I can't remember where I read that, but I did read that today. Have they looked at anybody to fill that seat, or is it? What, what are they doing in Washington? Well, I don't know. Was it Monday they they actually released it? Well, it was yeah. Well, they played they played what Sun they played early Sunday, and then I think it was like they called them in at like five thirty in the Monday morning. Um, that US time, not our time. <laughs> um, so they went. They also got that done quick. They've got Bill Callahan um, as their interim coach. I'm not too sure on what the regulations are um, with appointing people from other teams at the minute. Um, you know, I've got the weird rules around the, the playoffs and everything. You can't yeah. can't speak to anybody on a team that's in the playoffs. You can only speak to them in the bye week. If, if the, so, for example, if Matt Lafleur could have got interviewed on the bye in the playoffs last year, but. I don't think you can interview them until their team's out the playoffs, so I'm not too sure how it works during the season. So, but I mean, generally, what you find is they they roll with an interim coach until the end of the season. But mm. it's what twelve. Is that going to be enough to change though for them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's they picked their quarterback for they picked their quarterback this year, Dwayne Haskins, but he looks a little bit like Jared Goff in his rookie year we're just not ready at all um, their other options are Colt McCoy and Case Keenum so it's hardly inspiring God bless Case yeah they do seem to have a lot of injuries they've got their left tackle Trent Williams has been holding out all all year so far he's not going to play um, they seem pretty cursed to be honest don't know if it's the name well the the uh, controversy around the, the name or the owner the GM, I, I think probably a full clear out is needed there to be honest Interesting A couple of other things I just wanted to mention and really it's, it's actually mentioned individual players one of them we mentioned earlier obviously with obviously playing the Seahawks I've read and I've heard at least four or five people now calling for Russell Wilson for MVP this year where do you think they need to get in the season for him to be considered for that, Tony? 
for Russell Wilson to win, win MVP, obviously they need to be in the Super Bowl. Is that a possibility? <sighs> well, it's get... a regular season MVP, so right, okay, kind of relevant. Uh, no, I, 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 they'd have to win the division, and ooh, being completely biased, I don't see that. I think I think they are the wild card for the NFC West. Well, yeah. for the NFC. Yeah, I just found it quite interesting that people are talking about him for MVP already, don't it? And and I'm not, I can't stand the Seahawks, but he's a hell of a player. And what he can do in and out of the pocket is pretty special. Plus he got married about five miles away from my house, which is a bit odd. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a bit early. You don't know what other people are going to be doing. And it, well, it's called the MVP. You might as well just call it the quarterback award, don't you? But, and the other person I was going to mention that could be brought into that fold because effectively is carrying a team at the minute, and we've played this guy already this year and, and actually kind of stopped him from from doing it was Christian McCaffrey what he was doing at the at the Panthers. That game he turned up with last week was pretty special. Did you see any of that, Jordan? Saw most of it in red zone, I think. Um, that was all of it, I think. <laughs> it was most much, of red yeah. zone. Um, um, no, I think you can probably. So Probably book him in for book him in for offensive player of the year, but as long as Patrick Mahomes is living, um, I don't think MD also win MVP for a while. To be honest, <laughs> as long as he's living, I like that. <laughs> Jordan, do you want to just give us a quick update on how fantasy leagues are going? Yeah, I'll just I'll run down. I'll post all the stuff on Twitter tomorrow. Uh, that's Thursday. I'll just kind of run through the top on our league so this is the Twitter league so league one got a three way tie in which I'm involved myself um, for for once I had a pretty poor start to be honest um, so four and one is leading that division there's three way tie between myself Will and Carol on there uh, second league we've got a five and all um, start from someone that's leading the league that's Tristan that's league 2 and the third league again we've got an R5-0 um, Phil is leading that by a couple of games actually nobody else has got more than 3-2 and two. Um, fourth league again we've got a three way tie that I'm involved in and that's between myself Andy and Luis yeah and I'm sitting 8th in that one not, not doing overly well yeah, brush that side. Um, <laughs> and then in the final league, we've got two on top with four and one. That's Clinton and Peter. So that's the five of those leagues. I'll, I'll try and post them Thursday at some point. Um, and you'll be able to see Chris in eighth or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm just a slow start. I'm building it. I'm building an M. I'm building a team. I've had a few waivers. I'm looking better. Tony, what about yourself on the Facebook leagues? Yeah, I've, I've only got access to one of the two um, Facebook leagues, but we've we've got our leader Dave with horns up and ram it at four and one, and then we have a one, two, three, four, five-way tie for second place at three and two, including myself with ramming time. Um, so it's, it's, it's a fairly tight league, to be honest. Um, I mean, bottom of the division is only two and three, so there's nobody running away with it, and there's nobody um, being left behind, really. Good stuff, good stuff. I, I'm just looking through my fantasy leagues. I'm also in a... I'm looking after the... Well, I'm not sure. I'm, I might have to give give this up and let someone else do it if it carries on the way it is, but a couple of the other UK fan bases have, have got a league going of, of 10 teams and I'm sitting 8th in that one as well so yeah I might need to give the login details for someone else to maybe try and pull that one back up to the top of the division boys <laughs> get to work Chris <laughs> yeah <laughs> right okay so um, thank you very much everybody for sending your questions in as, as always Tony what have you got for us first right Jack Stevens on Facebook most improved player for so far this season and most disappointing players this far this season so far. Jordan? Um disappointing. Don't you ever want to say somebody's disappointing to be honest, but 
I think maybe as a unit, the whole line's been disappointing. I know that's maybe kind of cheating and not, not giving one player, but I don't think any individual that I can think of is, is playing too badly. Um, I mean, you've got little still you know, wobbles from the likes of Peters or whatever, but you do expect them um, to, to come. That's just part of, his, part of his game, unfortunately. But the O-line in general has been pretty poor. Like I say, Thursday was a bit of a step up, but hopefully that continues. Most improved player? Um, I don't know, that's a bit of a difficult one because we've, we have kept most of the starters on both sides of the ball. Um... I think John Johnson's played pretty well, but he played well last year as well. Um, I'm struggling to think of an improved player, to be honest. Um, that's proper stood out. Yeah, um, I, I think it's too early to really to pick out a disappointing player because we've played five games. Johnny Decker, yeah. we've had no fakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't even want to put like. Greg Leg in that bracket because like I say kicking kicking overall is just an epidemic you know? um, it does seem to be a whole kicking. league thing doesn't it I don't know have they yeah. changed the ball of some sort I don't know have they not, <laughs> we'll not get to my knowledge not to my knowledge so I don't, I, I don't know but yeah it's it's a weird one um, maybe they have they, they changed I mean moving sport and moving completely off topic they do change it in likes of baseball all the time but I haven't heard of anything in, in football that's changed well, the same in, in football over here every year you have a new ball yeah oh, there's always, then there's always a complaint to every World Cup mm. that, that moves in there but not absolutely nothing on and from the NFL side mm. Chris any thoughts on most improved and or most disappointing player for me Everett is probably as as it stands is most improved but I don't know if that's because of the, we're actually giving him the chance to catch a ball or he's actually catching them more often um, there was there was definitely some of that twinkle toes at the back end of last year but I do think he has turned up a little bit more this year I suppose you could probably say Cooper Cup as well because obviously he wasn't there for the back end of the season but no, I don't think you can say that there's been a disappointment because there's been games of where we, we everybody's obviously said that we've had some poor ones as well. So, yeah, a bit of a cop-out, but, but no, most improved for me is probably Everett. Excellent. As I say, I think it's too early in the season to have real definitive answer to the most improved. Jeffrey's is a Everett is a good call for most improved, but I'd, I'd hate to label any of the players after five games as the most disappointing so far. So I'll, we, I think we should move quickly on from that, see what else we have here. Let's have a quick look. Amelia Bolger on um, Facebook. Any trade moves you'd like to see ahead of the deadline? I think we've got a month to go until the deadline. Chris? I know. Oh, I wouldn't. Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know where we would need to potentially improve that drastically as where we'd need to make a trade. And Do we really want to be giving up further picks? We've, we've had it before where we're not picking to the third round and I don't can't for the life of me now think of what picks we've actually got. But for me, no, I don't, I don't think we'll get involved. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Jordan? Is there anybody um, out there that you really fancy being on our team? Denver Broncos seem to be up for trading pretty much anybody at the moment. <laughs> They're the Dolphins, isn't it? Unfortunately, there's a reason teams like that are up for trading so many people, and it's it's not good. Um, I think the only, the only one that I've kind of heard that's available are, well, I think the owner of the Jaguar, Jag, Jaguars sorry, is not saying he's available, but he wants to be traded as Jalen Ramsey the co- the cornerback um, he's one of the better cornerbacks in the league bit of a problem child though ain't well I don't think he's see the thing is I don't think he's had any off field issues at all I think he's you know one of those similar to Peters he's probably had less problems than Peters has had and you look at the way that he's kind of 
integrated into the culture that the Rams build. So there's no reason why he couldn't come in and, and um, you know, have the same sort of behavioural, um, you know, calmness overall that, that Peters has had off, off the field anyway. So although in saying that, Marcus Peters was always the problems on the field through the throwing flags and stuff like that, um, like at the at the Chiefs. But Ramsey's not really had any issues majorly. He's had disagreements with the Jaguars coaches and the <laughs> Tom Coughlin's the there. Yeah, Tom Coughlin as well. Um, but most importantly, by looks like he wants to win, and he'd do that here. So maybe that would keep him a bit more content. Um, but I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on you know what it would take to get him. I think they probably want at least one first round pick, and then when it's their first round pick, it's going to be a late one, so that devalues it instantly. Um, I think I read something on ESPN. I can't I'd be lying if I said I fully remember the picks, but it involved trading Marcus Peters to them. It was like a second round pick and Marcus Peters plus something else so you know that's the only one that I can see that's available that would you know and he would improve the team from the get go as soon as he arrived as well Interesting Interesting obviously that that rumour about his availability has been doing the rounds for a couple of three weeks hasn't it Uh, there's a lot of unrest there but I I, I don't see us trading mid-season to be honest I think we'll we, again, we'll do we'll do our wheeling and dealing pre-draft free agency. Okay. Question from Twitter: Andrew Steen asks, as a res- relative noob to the game, how best can I get up to speed with the game? Simply watch matches or any recommendations for reading wise. Jordan, I always say if any of my friends from time to time do ask what to what to watch, I always just say watch Red Zone because it's constant, you know, it's, there's no advert breaks or anything it is, I mean it does obviously jump from game to game and you're never watching one game for more than a couple of minutes but you, you kind of keep involved rather than the, the stop start nature if you just watch one game um, on Sky Sports and then it goes back to the studio and they talk nonsense anyway so you'll not really learn anything from them so I just I'd always stick to Red Zone, it's more it's a lot more fun to watch. Um and you will pick up bits and pieces. Reading wise I've never really read anything on it. The only other thing I've I've ever done is played uh, Madden, the, the computer game. And mm-hmm. you kinda of pick up things from that. That's the only that's the only things I've ever done. Okay. Otherwise it's just time saved, is it? Pretty much. I mean I've been watching going on what, fifteen, sixteen years, something like that, so it's certainly it's not an easy sport to pick up. It's not like our, our football where it's you kick the ball about, score a goal. It's a lot more complex than that. So it's a, it's a lot to pick up, but you will get there eventually if you stick with it. Mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah, I agree. Red Zone's definitely a good place to start. It's As, as John said, it's not. I, a lot of my friends struggle with it. They don't get it. Um but I think that's because it's such a different sport. For me, it was just a matter of watching it. And, and yeah, Madden definitely helps. We uh, we don't want to get our teach our kids to get away from the screens, guys. Um, but no, Madden helps. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, think that's, I think there's quite a lot of good... I think the US do a lot of sports movies very well, um, particularly around college football with Friday Night Lights and remember the titans we are marshall you know that's what's kept a lot of my interest in american football in general um away from watching games i think they're always good watches um but i, I agree on the red zone you know the red zone is phenomenal uh, if you could sit in front of that for six hours you'd be a happy chappy wouldn't you just yeah just sitting in front of the tv for six hours will be happy happy chappy watching anything if i'm honest Sometimes that you get a little bit more explanation when you're watching that as well. I haven't got a hatred for the, for the Sky commentary as most have, but others others obviously have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think with Game Pass, you get sort of spoiled by the the American commentary. And going back to the the Sky UK um, 
can be quite jarring some weeks. Yeah, a little bit. I think the the sky coverage kind of they base it on they they think they're getting a new viewer every week, which they probably are. But after watching it for like fifteen, sixteen years, I don't need somebody to point out where the defensive ends are. That's that's not why I'm watching it. You know, the the it's almost like they dumb it down too much, um, which is why I don't like it as much. The only other thing I'd add is that question came from Twitter. Yeah, you did. Well, there's endless Twitter accounts that will have breakdowns um, of like film and stuff and with explanations. Um, he used to play Brian Baldinger, I think his name is. Does does breakdowns that are really good. They're they're like not not too complex. That you're not going to understand them as a beginner, and not you know too dumbed down that you're you already know it as well. So stuff like that's that's good to follow on Twitter. He's actually going to be part, from what I heard, I think he's going to be part of the Sky coverage for the playoffs, actually. Oh, that'll so, be good. I might actually watch the Sky coverage then. Yeah, I think that's what they said a few weeks back. OK, I think that answers that question. We do have a few other questions on here, but um, I'm not entirely sure how we're doing for time, guys, but it's it's pushing on to half past ten on a Wednesday evening. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've got a half past five alarm call in the morning. Do we want to do one more question or do we want to move towards the end of the podcast? One, one, one more. Give one more. Pick the best one. Go on then. Let's have an Aaron Donald question. Why aren't we getting many sacks and do you think we should blitz the opposing quarterback enough? That's from Gary Cook on Facebook. Why aren't we getting as many sacks as we should be? Because he's got about 12 people on his back. Uh, that was a, that was a general question. Obviously, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald he's been double teamed a hell of a lot yeah. this season. Uh, Gary Gary says eighty two times already in 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 five games. Really, um, I, I'm going to take it as red. I, th- wow. I think there is a lot of footage of him being doubled and triple teamed a lot, isn't there, this season already? But is there any particular reason why we're not getting as many sacks, Chris? I don't know, if I'm truthfully honest. I don't know if it's the fact that maybe Wade's trying something a little bit different. Maybe the concentration on Donald is, is taking... that. That's potentially his role and other people are doing other things. I don't know. Fowler seems to be getting around that corner a little bit more. It, I'd like to hope that if Donald is being double, triple teamed, that the, the defensive line is thinking, right, there should be a gap there now where Aya should be free, which obviously hasn't clicked or isn't working or, or something isn't happening. So, as we say, we don't sit in the meetings, I don't see the playbook, I don't know what they're actually trying to achieve. But, no, I, I do think it is a little odd where the biggest sacks that we've got this year is, for, is from a linebacker. So, that does maybe speak slightly differently how the, how the defensive line and, and how the whole unit slightly changing. Yeah, I, th- I think we've got to trust the system here a little bit, you know, Aaron Donald is being targeted across the board. He's he the is, best player in the league, fact. He's, he's the most dangerous player on, on our team, on our defence, obviously. Um, and I think a lot of teams are aware of that. Well, it would be stupid not to be aware of that, to be honest. Um, but it, it should open up a lot of holes for other players to take advantage. Um, thoughts, Jordan? No, I mean, pretty much... As said, um, everyone on the line should have one-on-ones. So there's no real reason why they've only got the Rams have got 11 sacks on the season, which is lower third maybe of the league. Patriots are leading on 24, um, so you know less than half the Rams have of that. In terms of blitzing more, it's that's part of the reason why the Rams lost against uh, Tampa Bay. Winston. I think was like 11 or 13 for a ridiculous amount of yards and probably a couple of touchdowns when the Rams blitzed. So it's not necessarily, you know, that that reason why they're why they're um, you know why they're not getting sacks. It's automatically if Aaron Donald's getting double teamed, the other three guys across the line have got a one on one. They should be beating them. It's on the other guys, whether it's Matthews, Fowler, Brockers. Or now going to be Abukam. Really need them to start start winning their matchups because it's 
you know, you can't rely on Donald for everything. And then when other people do start getting sacks, it's going to take the... I don't think it'll ever take the double teams off Donald completely. That would just be stupid. But it's going to take at least the triple teams off him and hopefully open it up for him a bit more because he's been close quite a lot of the times, but he needs a lot of help. Excellent. Good work, guys. So cheers for that, Tony. Appreciate that. And as I say, guys, thank you very much for everybody sending any questions in. We do try and get to all of them. We do read them all. Uh, thank you very much. Please keep them coming in. So thank you, guys. The, the, the final bit is we are 18 days till the game in London. Obviously, we're all very, very excited. Obviously, which that means uh, obviously 17 days to our meet-up at the Baraborian Banker. Uh, things will be hopefully being, again, sent out on on social media platforms of a little bit more information as, as we get it, and, and then you will get it as well. So just keep an eye on that and, and see how we go. Obviously, we've seen all the pictures of how they are branding the pubs up and um, for for each team. I've seen that the, the books, I think, are in there this week. Or no, they're in the Admiralty. I think it's um, the, one of the other teams are in there. So, yeah, there's definitely some stuff in there. And from what I saw from, from the actual game at Tottenham, it did look actually quite impressive, even though the stadium's too small, but that's my opinion. Um, but no, we're all good, but... Thank you very much, obviously, for listening again. Tony, Jordan, thank you very much, guys. But that will be us for tonight. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you.